Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. Lesson for today is from Isaiah, the 35th chapter, beginning at verse 1. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sheridan. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God, strengthening, strengthening the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, 
and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals, where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the Old Testament lesson. The epistle lesson today is from James, the fifth chapter, beginning at verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Please stand for the verse and the gospel. According to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. And the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? <coughs> Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, 
there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise you, O Christ. mercy and peace be to you all from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It was last year, this Sunday, this was the first Sunday I preached to you all here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School. You know, I remember getting up here and I was just so nervous. And I always remember how nervous I was, you know, and it was Joy Sunday, right? It was Joy, the, the Joy candle was lit and the Rose candle is lit, and that, that, that color rose it symbolizes joy. It's, it's usually traditionally used on the third Sunday in Advent or the fourth Sunday in Lent um, and uh, to remind us that even in these penitential times that we still have the joy of Christ. My brothers and sisters, it has just been such a joy to be your pastor this last year. And thank you all very much for the grace that you have, you have shown me this year. I'm very thankful for the grace and generosity that you have both shown to myself and to my family. And I appreciate and love all of you in Jesus Christ. Our text for this message for this morning comes from our epistle reading from James. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, having uh, being patient about it until... It receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. You know, at the beginning of our epistle reading, James uses the farmer as the example of patience. Now, when I had lived in southern Illinois, I had never, ever encountered a farmer with the patience described here by James. You know, in my experience, farmers love to complain. When I was... When I was at my first call, I could see the shilling field across uh, from the chancel. Right? We had, uh, there were clear glass doors, and every time I would uh, give the benediction, uh, I would be able to see the, the corn or soybeans grow, grow, grow every, every day until finally at the last, it would all be gone in an instant. You know, they were ready to, when, they were, when they were ready to be harvested, the crop was gone. But each day during that whole time of planting 
and waiting and harvesting, a group of men would go outside a church and they would all be around a tree and they would all complain about everything that was happening that year. You know, there would be too much rain during planting or too little, not enough rain during the summer or, or too much rain. Then came the harvest. You know, the harvest had to be dry, but, but not too dry. You know, the, the farmers would complain about the, the dust, or if it did rain a lot, that they wouldn't be able to get out into the field because they were chomping at the bit to harvest that crop. You know, one year the, the season was so dry that, that comb, a ton of combines just caught on fire from, from the farmers wanting to go out there and, and, and harvest the, uh, the corn and soybeans. And then, of course, also, too, they would go, you know, to the uh, grain elevator and they would also complain about the exchange rate of corn and soybeans, the prices there. So, you know, if a farmer is being honest with you, they're not examples of the patience that James describes here. So who is the example of patience for us today? Well, James gives us three examples of patience in our epistle reading. First, we are to wait as the good farmer, Jesus, waits for the crop to be harvested. Second, we are to wait as the prophets waited without grumbling against one another. And third, we are to wait as Job waited and trusted in God's compassion and mercy. Wait as the good farmer Jesus waits. You know, uh, James's word, words here have a significant overlap with Jesus's own words. And throughout his ministry uh, in the Gospels and the parables, Jesus is identified both as the farmer of God's crop and also the harvester of, of God's crop. Uh, and Jesus speaks of his role as harvester in the parable of the tares. Uh, Jesus put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned but gather the wheat into my barn. See, the weeds here that Jesus is describing would have had the exact same appearance as the wheat um, that they would harvest, right? It, it, they would have the exact same nature until harvest time would happen, when the kernel would appear. And when the weeds would develop the kernel, they would actually develop a poisonous kernel. And so the weeds needed to be shifted from the wheat, but this required patience because the good crop, the wheat, would, when you would uproot the weeds, would, the, the good crop, the wheat, would also be uprooted along with the weeds. And you can imagine the farmer just chomping at the bit, ready to go out into the field, ready to get rid of those weeds so that way he can increase his crop yield, right? To make sure that the, the nutrients and all of the, all of the um, rain and water and all that kind of stuff wouldn't go to the weeds, but would go to, all the, would go to the good crop. Uh, but if he did that damage would be done to the good crop. 
You know, we are to have the same patience in church. You know, in church, we'll be under assault by false teachers and hypocrisy, wolves in sheep's clothing, and those having the uh, form of godliness, but denying its power. You know, the church must suffer under these conditions because we are not the judge. Jesus is the judge and the harvester. And we're not called to prune God's field. Jesus is. And if we prune the field in impatience, we will damage the good crop. And that's, you know, causing scandal in the church and destroying trust in the church, sowing division in the church. And like the good farmer, we are called to wait until that day when the wheat and the tares will be separated. Because the day is coming when the church's oppression will end. We must wait until the Lord comes to judge the living and the dead. The judge is already standing at the door. We must wait as the prophets waited. Throughout Israel's history, they grumbled against the Lord, and they grumbled against those who the Lord sent to them. It was, it was almost as soon as Israel was on the other side of the Red Sea, um, right as they got to the shoreline there, the Israelites were already complaining to Moses about what they were to eat and what they were to drink on the other side of the Red Sea. You know, Jesus talks about what happens when we are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, as the prophets were. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, when you stand on God's word, you will be persecuted. You know, it is not a matter of if you'll be persecuted. It is a matter of when you will be. I mean, look what happened with Jeremiah and the false prophets. Jeremiah continued to, continued to warn Jerusalem uh, that the end was near until unless they had turned back to the Lord in faithfulness. And because of his message, he was persecuted as a result of speaking God's word. That's in contrast to the false prophets. And the false prophets just told the people what they wanted to hear. And they were rewarded by the people. The Lord says to Jeremiah in judgment of the false prophets, they have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace peace when there is no peace. You know, Jeremiah's ministry, you know, look what happened to him. He was beaten. He was put in a stockade. And he was mocked and humiliated relentlessly for speaking God's truth. And there's even a time in Jeremiah's ministry when he just wants to give up. He wants to quit. He says, I'm not going to speak God's word anymore. Um, but God's word burnt up in him, so he couldn't stop speaking God's word. He couldn't help it because God gave him grace to endure. Jeremiah knew that God had not written the last chapter in Israel's history, even with the destruction of Jerusalem. Jeremiah had hope, hope that the Lord would make all things right. And while it seems that those who mock and persecute the church 
seem to have the upper hand now, we know that God has not written the last chapter. First, when we suffer for the sake of righteousness, we rejoice. And we rejoice because we are deemed worthy of suffering as our Lord suffered. When we suffer, we taste but a bit of what our Lord endured on the cross in order to reconcile God to us for the forgiveness of sins. Second, we rejoice knowing that we know the end of the story, right? We know how all of this is going to unfold. So when we are persecuted, we can rejoice because we know that in this moment, this is not the last chapter. We look to the coming of, of the Lord with anticipation because we know the day is coming when the church's oppression will end. We must wait until the Lord comes to judge the living and the dead. Look, the judge is already standing at the door. And so we look to the patience of Job as an example for us to strive for. And this is what we know about Job's steadfastness. And although uh, Job complains about nearly everything taken away from him, his animals, his wealth, and even his children, Satan attacks and takes from him. He never curses God, as Satan said he would. Instead, in suffering, Job blesses God. Throughout his trial, Job also refrains from sinful speech. In Job chapter 9, Job yearns for a divine mediator who would also be human, fully human, to advert the wrath of God. In Job chapter 13, Job knows that even if God were, God were to slay him right then and there, that Job has hope to know that he has eternal life in God. He has life after death. And this leads to Job's boldest confession in Job chapter 19. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has, been, has thus been destroyed... Yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eye shall behold and not another. My heart faints within me. Job's hope was that God himself would come and redeem humanity from the power of sin, death, and the devil. That no matter how much he suffered, he trusted that God would see him through all things. Job is a model of faith for us because his is a faith that wrestles and struggles with God. Job perseveres because he trusts in God, even when it seems that God is against him, that he faces all of the dangers and struggles in life because the Lord is, as James says, compassionate and merciful. In the end, Job restores all things to Job double, twice as much, double the animals, double the wealth. But then God gives to Job 10 children, the same amount before, uh, before Satan attacked Job. And so we must wonder, right? If the Lord gives double to everything and Job just has his 10, his 10 children restored, why didn't God restore Job, double children to Job? But if we think of it that way, we're only looking at it from the earthly perspective, not the heavenly perspective. The Lord indeed doubled the amount of children Job had. Job just has 10 children in heaven and 10 children 
on earth. And so when we see things through God's perspective and his timing, we could rejoice because we know that our Lord is compassionate and merciful. He's an, a Lord that always flips the script. And he can flip the script in any situation in our lives that we find ourselves in. And that regardless of his answers to our prayers, whether they are indeed yes or no or not yet, he is the one who could bring joy out of suffering, light out of darkness, life out of death. This is the Lord's mission. That he joyfully took our sins to the cross, our sin, and bore, uh, bore the sufferings on the cross with patience. And in our Lord's death, all of the sad things in this world become untrue. Through Christ, death itself was defeated once and for all. And brothers and sisters, how can we not rejoice in this news? How could our hearts be cold knowing that our Lord took the punishment of death itself for us to redeem us from our sins? And how can we look just cold and frigid as if nothing has changed. God's perspective changes everything. For not even the power of death itself could contain the power of our Lord. He broke free from the bonds of death that we may be free from death. He freed us from the condemnation of our sins. And he has freed us from the tyranny of the devil and his accusations against us. And we rejoice because the day is coming when the church's oppression will end. We must wait until the Lord comes to judge the living and the dead. Look, the judge is already standing at the door. The Lord is coming. Every day is a day that the, that the Lord is coming, his days, the Lord's coming is closer and closer. Be patient until that day. We must be patient as our Lord Jesus is patient with us. We must be patient as the prophets were patient. We must be patient through suffering and persecution. Look to the example of the prophets. They were beaten, mocked, and killed for speaking God's word. Yet when Christ says that happens to us, he says for us to rejoice. And we can rejoice, because not because of our present situation, but because we know the end of the story. Then that not even the power of death has any power over us anymore. Job knew the end of the story. He knew that God would send a redeemer to rescue humanity from sin, death, and the devil. That mediator came in the person of Jesus Christ. And, he, and Jesus went to the cross in joy, as the author of Hebrews states. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. Let us look to Jesus Christ in every and all circumstances. His timing is the perfect timing. And his joy that he gives to us here today is greater than all of the sadness in the world. Cast all of your anxieties and restlessness upon the Lord. He has come to wipe away every tear from our eyes. 
And through this veil of tears of the world, we certainly can rejoice. We rejoice because the day is coming when the church's oppression will end. And we must wait until the Lord comes to judge the living and the dead. The judge is, is already standing at the door. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith of the life everlasting. Amen. Um, let us stand as we are able and confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.